Hi, hi, and welcome to episode four of The Piano with Harriet Stubbs. Today, I am very excited to have my guest, Paul Cavalconti, join us from New York's WQXR, WNYC, and WFUV. Paul is here in London, and we are recording this from my flat. We have known each other in New York for many years, Paul's knowledge expands across so many genres of music and we have always had so much fun together. So welcome, Paul. I'm able to visit you where you live, which is also where your instrument is. We're, we're, we're seated at Harriet's piano. Yes. And Harriet's <laughs> piano is going to sing to us in a very eloquent way. But I wanted to ask you a musical question. Maybe you can answer this for me or you may not know what I'm talking about. But through the years, whenever Paul McCartney was prodded about where did his exquisite blackbird come from, he said, well, you know, it's a bit to Bach played backwards. Seriously. <laughs> did he really? Oh, yeah. It's wow. a true thing. So in other I no words, idea. and I wish I had a guitar handy because, of course, I could play the intro. Not. <laughs> but that. Do 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 ding 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 So I don't know. Can you can you play the the opening, you know, yeah. of Blackbird, and then let's let's go backwards on it. <laughs> so here's how it begins. make it bluesier <laughs> but that intro is the thing that he claims he nicked off of Bach and I don't know specifically what Bach interesting now I could you know go to a, some YouTube video and probably you know catch him talking about it but I'm lazy and we're using our computer to record this anyway exactly. so but um, is there anything else that's kind of musical and unexpected about this particular part of London that folks might relate to that we could point to if you were doing a little blue placking around this neighborhood? Um, so, well, Royal Albert Hall's pretty close. Okay. And we um, know how many holes it takes to fill that sucker. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've got that. Um, what else have we got? Um, musically, um, there's a little piano bar just down the street. Um, Universal and Sony are just down the street as well. It's a very musical neighborhood. Mo in a modern sense. But I mean, did any of the, the great uh, composers or, or show writers or whatever live in this general area? Is this a, a place sure. that was noted for that? If we moved around town and say we went to Bloomsbury or Soho, who are some of the luminaries that we might find on a blue plaque tour? I know they have a blue I plaque see. for Judy Garland. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, Bloomsbury, you'd have the Bloomsbury writers, right, right, right. So, uh, yeah, I'm not actually sure. I'm sure there are many around here. The, um, the musical tradition of England is talking about rock is one thing. Talking about British Music Hall is another thing. And then the great composers, yeah. this, how did this city infuse them with energy? That is where, you know, the arts tend to congregate. Although there's, there's other artistic kind of centres, like Oxford and 
Canterbury and different places like that. But I, but you know, London has always been the kind of epicenter of the music scene for sure in the UK. So Liverpool uh, too. Yeah. You kind of have to start young to get that right, and we know that you began at the tender age of was it three? <laughs> Two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> <laughs> You needed to be able to crawl to the piano first to at least start, you know. Uh, but yeah, so jazz, was that a thing with you ever? Um, I love jazz musicians and um, our mutual friend, Emmett Cohen. It's like amazing, love listening to that. Um, but jazz wasn't a huge part of my musical life other than my colleagues playing it. I didn't play it. So when you listen to somebody like Emmett just tearing through uh, this sort of stride piano derived music that, that he's into currently and as a technician you hear him doing what he's doing and he's making both different and similar choices that you would make but the difference is you're following a script and he isn't. Absolutely. And I think it's just a very different um, groove like it's miraculously cerebral and beautiful and like complete it's just a completely different so if we thing. could like plug electrodes into your head and do a, <laughs> do a readout of you listening to that would it be all like bing 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 like oh my god why is he here what did he do there oh he did he sharped that he flatted that he flatted fifth that yeah it's great fun it's amazing to sort of you know does that go on i'm saying that, as a yeah, musician when totally. you listen because i'm not a musician so i just listen and i go Oy vey, i can't even type you know my password correctly and he's going blah, 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 up and down and up and down and you do the same thing in the miraculous performances that you give you know so so i i'm i'm still mesmerized by that but you're you know several steps up the ladder and can actually understand the technique at hand well, uh, although, I mean, his harmonic knowledge of jazz would be much more sophisticated than mine, you know, and would be kind of extraordinary, different kind of knowledge. Yeah. How about somebody like Thelonious Monk, when you hear his dissonance, does that remind you of some of the classical modernists who purposely put dissonance into music? Definitely. Can you find me a monk note on that thing? <laughs> um, What's a good monk <laughs> note? Like, how about, <laughs> now nah, that's too high. <laughs> It's about your ears uh -huh. to a large extent, right? And how how they've developed and, and what particular way they've developed, what they're used to, what they're open to listening to, right? Um, but um, when does it not become music? I don't know. I, I guess that, that depends on who's listening to right. it. Right, it's like, so is there such a thing as anti-music? Is there such a thing as anti-art? You know, if you draw a red circle on a white canvas and say, I want, you know, $10 million for that, what are you really selling? Is it is it the mystique that surrounds the artist? Is it the audacity of this statement in relation to everything else that person has done or what his or her contemporaries are doing? And, yeah. and, and I guess the same thing applies to music, right? Totally, yeah. So, all right, let's do a, a kind of a, an example. And, I, and I, I know you can roll into a slice of this. When, when we take Bach and we have someone who's a little closer to our time, namely Ferruccio Busoni, mm. and he says, mm, I hear it this way. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can do a little bit of that for us. He took um, a violin but eater. So he Bussoni took did, something that Bach wrote for violin and he took the liberties that you're allowed to take in musical transposition to make it work for the other instrument, but then there's this little X factor, isn't there? Yeah. Let's hear it.
Island has a large set of variations. Right. Now, yeah. play that out of tune, and you got your Thelonious Monk. <laughs> what was the earliest music, and I'm not saying so much kind of music, because I think it was sort of always classical, you know, but what was the first piece that you sort of, you know, soul bonded with, going mm. back to the very beginning? Maybe actually the Bach D minor piano concerto mm. that I, it was the second concerto I ever performed and um, I loved it, still do love it to bits, also in D minor, actually. According um, to Nigel Tufnell, the saddest of all possible keys. And the key of death, right? Well. And of Halloween. Well. <laughs> well, on this spooky October night in London. Why is that? Can can you um, pick apart why why D minor is is the sad key and 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 the end of the spiritual line? Well, I think that D minor Liszt used it a lot, right? It was um, a show off, as we know. Of course, um, with his death dances and Dante's Inferno right, and everything. Right. It was all, all so, D minor. So, so what are the notes in the chord? Let's, so, let's pick them apart one by one so we can hear them. Yeah. So that's a D minor. Yeah, and that's the scale. Yeah. But it's also adjacent to E major. Mm -hmm. which, we're, which, which we're totally cool with. Which is the key of heaven. Right. Right, but they're, they're geographically so close and yet spiritually... Bounce between them till we get it there. so close together and um you know it's that heaven and hell duality whole thing that music's all kind of built out of really isn't it it's cool uh, off the top of your head some other some others in that key that 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 are famous uh d in d minor yeah um um well the dante sonata i mm -hmm. grab the dante sonata mm -hmm. yes yes she's going for her crib notes <laughs> In the meanwhile, we're at Harriet's down the road from Elephant and Castle, a fine place to stop and have refreshment, which we'll do after this. But we'll be right back after this. She's finding her. The cool th thing about this is it um, starts with the tritone, which is like the interval of the devil as well. The right? interval of the devil. <laughs> well, it's like this, right? It's that sound. So it's that sound. So, so you're melody. You're merrily rolling along on the major scale, doing da 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 da, -da, -da <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the devil shows up. There he is. <laughs> there he is, that rat.
Now, would this have scared the hell out of people back in the days of uh, Franz Liszt? I think maybe that was the point. I think I think people who had fun. grown up with la da 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 di la da 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 da. That's scary stuff. Yeah. On an October night, I, I got a little chill myself. Wow, that's like such radical music. It is. In a way, relative yeah. to what had come before. Absolutely. No, no wonder these guys didn't like each other. <laughs> there were these camps in the German Romanticism time, weren't yeah, there? That's right. Yeah, the two German schools. The um, so one that was sort of holding on to some traditional ideas, and one that was deemed to be more indulgent. It was very expressive, and you know, List and Wagner were sort of going in that kind of direction, and. Clara Schumann and Robert Schumann were kind of in, in the middle and Clara became more conservative in later life. Um, but I, but li the new school, as it was called, like Liszt and Wagner, I don't think they ever disagreed with holding on to the other, mm. actually. They just embraced. You know, if Beethoven is where rock begins, then, then what <laughs> we just heard is where punk begins. <laughs> yeah. and, and at the same time, he could, you know, be tremendously lyrical and romantic. And yeah. so he could create yeah, heaven. Yeah. Are, we, are, we go, are we going to E major to go to heaven? <laughs> is that how that works? He definitely had, um, he had F sharp major. Indeed, and uh, it brings us closer to the lovely Blackbird by Paul McCartney that you play. It even brings us close to what, you know, Joni Mitchell is playing in, in on her album Blue, where she's mainly at the piano. Uh, I'm hearing that. Yeah. I'm not saying lifted, but I, I'm hearing these things occur to these people in their own time and in their own setting, which I suppose is one of the miracles of music. Uh, I just wonder, this is a, a good point to leave off on, Hundreds of years from now, what's going to be classical music? What will people study? Do you think that what we have just heard little samples of could happen again quite in the same way? Could we begin to imagine what the next thing could be coming out of this set of musical circumstances? Or is it really something of a time? Are we never going to be able to repaint the Sistine Chapel or something along those lines? You know? Well, I think that the way that we consumed art was different in those days because it was more of a 3D approach. You know, the mathematicians, the scientists, the philosophers, writers, musicians were all one and the same. And, you know, they had their areas of specialty. But often they'd have multiple areas of specialty and they all consulted each other. And so it was a, a much bigger and more expansive kind of way of approaching it rather than here's a score you know, here's a piece of music and this has come out of my, my knowledge of music alone. I think the, the wars had a massive impact on the way that it was consumed as well. You know, tonality changed after World War One, right? And, and right. Prokofiev, um, his compositional journey, right. you know, was definitely kind of affected. And so, so it's, it's always things that are greater than us, but we don't know what's coming. Yeah. Well, listen, in, in, in a time when uh, hip hop has has reframed 
the kind of rhythmic thing that a pop song reaches for, just like Ragtime once reframed the, the idea of what a pop song, and people thought, oh my God, what is this? This isn't music, you know. You know, you have the holy trinity of rhythm, harmony, and melody. The big accent on rhythm has been pushing and pushing and pushing as yeah. we've gone through, and it seems like music is turning itself on its end in that way. We're still in the evolution, so we don't really know where it's going. Right. Know? That may be the train that's coming down the track. And as long as we continue to take stock of what we have and reprocess it in a certain way, uh, you know, we're continuing to make music and keep it viable. So, so you're one of the great ma magicians and conjurers of those secret arts. <laughs> I don't want to call them black arts. You know, if music is, is a language that you speak innately. But you also have to create the conditions for it to show up every day, right? right? You, you don't just kind of... It, you always have to work to continue to be able to communicate this message. Harriet Stubbs with Paul Cavalcante in London Town. Thank you. Thank you.